Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Family day, everybody, and welcome to Got Your Back Post Game Edition. Ryan Rashog here in our Sherwood Park studios. Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown standing by. Chris Sabunia manning the controls, as always, doing a great job for us out in Kelowna. Oilers show up for 20 minutes, and it was enough against a team that was reeling. We're going to break it all down for you on tonight's podcast. Lots of trade talk as well. We're going to get into a whole bunch of scenarios, potential trade scenarios for the Oilers. As always, got your back. YEG brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC, our proud title sponsors. They are the number one GMC dealership in all of Canada, six years running volume-wise, and it's easy to see why. I've bought a truck there. They streamline the buying process. They make it easy for you. They'll respect your time. Uh, the leasing options, they take you through that process with ease as well. High-quality vehicles, too, right? That's the big thing. Love my GMC Sierra 1500 Elevation. It's just a great vehicle. Go see Phil and the fabulous crew at Sherwood Buick GMC. You can check out all they have to offer at www.gmcpod.com. Coming at you, as you can see, the sign over my shoulder, it says Long Shots. And yes, this is the Long Shots studio. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in Edmonton and in Sherwood Park. It's a great combination. Golf simulator, sports bar, awesome place to spend the afternoon and to watch a game. If you bring in the gentleman. Guys, I'm going to ask you a question. And I actually want a real answer. I don't want this to just be pleasantries. I want you to think about it for a moment and I want you to give me an actual legit answer because I do care. I'm not just asking just the way we kind of, you know, passing by ask. Struds? How was your day? Good day? Bad day? How are you? Uh, it's really good. Thank you for uh, taking interest in my personal life, but I like mm-hmm. to keep that personal, so uh, <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into it. Great start. Great start. Brownie, how was your day, bud? <laughs> um, I had a good day. Uh, my wife's home from New Zealand, so oh. it's a uh, oh. family day with the family here. I, I worked an oiler game. I watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Had some good chili that my wife made. And I could hang out with my buddies on a podcast. I had a pretty freaking good day today. That's a good day. Brownie, Mm. thanks for sharing, bud. It means a lot when you open up, even just a little bit, so people feel like they get to know you beyond just the guy on the radio (laughs) and the guy on the podcast. Zuby, hop in here, buddy, since Struds gave us nothing. uh, we got to check in with you, too. How was your family day, my friend, with the youngins? And you're celebrating some birthdays in the family? Yeah, uh, shout out to my dad, his 81st birthday today. Boom. Rick and Ginny, they are regular listeners. They listen, and they're not just homers, not just when I'm doing it. Even when Steve's on the show, my dad said to me from last night, he said, tell Struddy I loved his Yager story about uh, about uh, taking his girlfriend out on the town. So talk to my dad today, wished him a happy birthday. And uh, that was great. So there was. So if we see a big spike in Arizona listeners, it's because my parents are spreading the word of got your back at uh, Del Boca Vista nice. down there in, uh, in Mesa. And uh, just quickly, I had a wonderful family day. We took the kids to the Cologne Rockets game, first, first game we've taken them to. And that was awesome. And uh, Mr. Aginla scored on a breakaway with 13 seconds left to win at 3-2 for the Rockets. So it was oh. a great, 
And the kids made it through. I mean, there was a little bit of let's go home from my son at, at, at certain points. He wasn't that into the game. He'd rather run in the stands. But um, mm-hmm. but all in all, really good. They they The kids did great, and the Rockets won. It was a fun, very fun family day. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Zuby. Hey, my pleasure. Lot, Thanks for asking. Yeah, my wife stuff. used to say, let's go home all the time when I was playing. She said, all right, let's go home. It's done. <laughs> First period's over. Let's go. See you later. Uh, Jay is in early on the Weiss Johnson stream and says, Brownie is great on 630. So how about that? A little love well, from thank Jay you. for your work over with Reed Wilkins on 630. Chad there, Brownie. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Yeah. It was a good day on 630, Chad. Happy day? fans. There you go, I was How many games of uh, Catan Settlers uh, Redux <laughs> did you do? I was sitting there waiting to see if any of you would ask wow. me. I was so hoping you wouldn't right. so I could just deadpan yeah. it and move on. <laughs> Strutty, of all people, the grump on the pod tonight comes through now. Nope. No, had a great day. Nice dinner with my son. Got to hang out with Randy and my wife a little bit. Uh, not a lot of the kids around today. They were over at, uh, you know, at Others' house tonight. Um, but yeah, it was a great day. Really nice day. And uh, the knees feeling a little better struds. You'll be happy to hear that. So yeah. probably get back on the, on the Peloton tomorrow. <laughs> so some positive developments in the Rashog household tonight. I love it. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Too much detail. Uh, Zuby, thanks buddy. We'll check in with you yeah. in a little bit. Um, let's get to the breakdown guys. The orders with an afternoon matinee win over the Arizona coyotes. Our breakdown brought to you by our good friends at Adrenaline Diesel, Edmonton's heavy-duty diesel truck repair shop. They do custom jobs, custom exhausts, custom engines, custom bodywork. If you can think of it, they can get it done. High standards and great service. Visit Marty and his crew at 130th Avenue, 151st Street Northwest, or see what they do online at AdrenalineDiesel.ca. There was a bit of chatter in the uh, Weiss Johnson YouTube stream before the game, a little discussion about how Oilers fans should be feeling right now, right? This team kind of has this habit of not playing a full 60 minutes, figuring out ways to win games. But Struds, I think today would definitely qualify as a day where they didn't show up necessarily with, with great stuff. Second period, again, was no good, and then they found it. So take the win and get the hell out of town or a little bit of concern, big picture. Well, I think they came out really strong. You know, I think they, the game uh, early on, they hit a number of posts. They scored a couple goals, uh, crossbars. I mean, Nuge, how often do you see a puck hit two bar, two posts yeah, and not going the net? I mean, that's a pretty hard play. So I thought they did well. But then what happened is, I don't know if, I don't know if it's fair to say they got comfortable. But then I thought they started playing hockey like how I play hockey against grade six students. <laughs> I try to make plays that aren't there. Like how many times you see the orders <laughs> in that in that late second period and second uh, sorry late first period and second period they're in a shooting position and instead of shooting it they pass it to a less desirable shooting spot. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking one time Leon Drysaddle right in the slot and he passed instead of shooting he passes to the side of the net. Puts a guy in kind of a tough spot, and I don't think they even got a shot off. And we saw that a number of times, mainly from kind of the higher end guys. So they're trying to make plays that aren't there, and and, and not not heroes are wrong play, but or wrong word, but they're trying to do not just take what's there a straightforward game. They after I guess after the second, someone reminded them of that, and they came out and played their best in the third. So um, just I think they were kind of lulled themselves to sleep and gave the the, the Coyotes a chance to find confidence and find their game because they, they worked hard. Give the Coyotes uh, credit, Brownie. Well, yeah, I, I think the Coyotes came out and played very good in the second period. Uh, I think the others uh, were comfortable. Uh, I know the play that you're talking about. Uh, I, I will never question Leon or Connor's decisions with the puck. 
when they are in the moment, I think they make as good as decisions as anyone in, in the National Hockey League. Uh, he was trying to get Perry a goal. Um, I'm fine with that. Uh, I just think they were losing races and losing battles. And for the seventh straight game since the All-Star break, they've given up three goals or more. I think when the Oilers were on their winning streak, it was two goals or less. This is seven with three or more in it. Uh, and then the third period, though, the Oilers are good. They have a very good hockey club. Uh, very rarely do you see a team put 60 full minutes together. It just doesn't happen. Uh, you're Against teams like Arizona, when you have an off period, you can survive those because they're not good enough to beat you. In the third period, Arizona came out hoping to win. They didn't think they were going to win. They didn't try to win. They were hoping to win, and Edmonton took advantage of it. Uh, so the, the Oilers are good enough to beat medium or below average teams by playing a period. When you start playing the better teams, that's where the concern comes in. You can't have that kind of a second period against the Boston Bruins or a couple days ago against the St. Louis Blues. Those teams will put multiple goals in against you. So I don't think there's any concerns, but there is some aspects of the others' games they need to clean up. Defensively, they have not been as good since the All-Star break, and that shows in the goals against. Evander Kane from the Weiss Johnson Soundbox on uh, their second period and then kind of what picked up. Yeah, we were a little slow in the second period. Um, Spent a little bit too much time in our own end. And uh, in order to win this hockey game, we knew we had to come out and and play in their end. I thought we did a great job of um, getting on top of them a little quicker and being a little bit more connected on our forecheck. And it led us to some scoring opportunities. Reminder that Weiss Johnson is Edmonton's number one choice for all your heating and air conditioning, plumbing needs as well. Their certified techs available 24-7 year-round, and their team is committed to total customer satisfaction no matter the time of day. Their technicians are certified and have undergone complete background checks. Visit Weiss-Johnson.com. Jingle. So not a great second period, and in the coach's office, Chris Knobloch and his staff put their heads together, and they make a few swaps. We all knew this McDavid-Drysidle-together thing probably wasn't going to last very long, so they reunite McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman. And the main tweak is that Evander Kane with Leon Drysidle, but over on the right side, they move Ryan McLeod. And once again, Struds... You don't want to give him too much credit because it's the players that go out there and execute. But again, he pushed a button, and that button was Ryan McLeod up with Dreisaitl and company, and Ryan McLeod seemed ignited. He seemed energized. He drew a penalty. That line ends up being a huge difference maker in the game. Well well said. I I think, though, the reason to get energized if Ryan McLeod is because you play with Leon Dreisaitl, and you know that your chances of scoring go up dramatically. No kidding. Uh, and that's no disrespect to his other line mates. And I think anyone that Ryan McLeod plays on third line, they're thinking the same thing. I get to play at 29. I'm probably going to get a good chance to score. All I have to do is bury it. And, uh, it, you know, I think he eventually did. So that's why you get excited, and that brings energy. And he – it feels like Leon likes that speed or the speed helps on his wings when, when he has more speed. I'm not sure if it pushes the D back, gives him more options. Those guys get open so he can find them. Whatever the case is, he seems to like uh, or it seems to work when he has that speed on his wings, guys. Oh, you're right, Strides. Uh, I've been in that position. I've been on a third line. You get called up to play on the first or second line. That The energy you have, it, it's contagious for the whole line. And yeah. whether it's my, and it's, it's funny you say that whatever button that Knobloch pushes and puts with Leon has success, well, it's because whichever player moves up with Leon is going to play above himself. 
because he does not want to leave that spot. I don't know. I don't oh, know. I, they've I they've do tried think. other guys oh, there, Brownie. Like, no. they've, they've well, really? Because Perry went there and Perry looked good. And then then Fogel went there and Fogel looked good. And then McLeod went there and McLeod looked good. And Kane got called up and he looked good. Yeah, because they, first of all, they're getting scoring chances. They don't get scoring chances on the third line. Second of all, there's an excitement level because, okay, now I'm not playing with two guys who got to combine seven points. Now I'm playing with the second best player in the world and the best passer in the world. So, and it's a new look, a little energy for, the, for a line that gets complacent. Sometimes Leon's line just gets complacent. So they get a little energy on it. So yes, I, I, I agree that Knobloch makes moves, but come on now. He's putting someone to play with Leon Dreisettle. There is going to be a bit more jump in that player's step. Than well, there normally sure. would. And so, McLeod, yes. he's a fast player, and, mm -hmm. and and he played fast, and he was good on the four check. Right, they turned some pucks over. He was going to the net. He drew a penalty. He was making things happen. So yes, is he motivated by playing with Leon Drysital? Sure, um, but it could have been Holloway, yeah. right? And, 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 and he probably knows? would have had success. If and it was just well, like it was Perry, just like Perry had success last game, and as soon as they put yeah, game there, maybe he had success. You got to pick the right guy, right? Maybe well, right about now you, you can just pick, snap your fingers, and throw anybody there, and it's just automatically going to work because they're going with Drysaddle. Coach, mm. got, like coach, gets some credit for picking the right guys and plopping them into the right spots. He saw something in McLeod, threw him in there, it worked. I don't think you could say he could have thrown Yanmark there and it would have been the same. I think you could have probably. Honestly, you're going to have to play Leon Dreisaitl. I think you're going to have success. Man. So, and the Oilers had to do it. The Oilers had to do it because in the last four games, the only line that was scoring was the Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl line. They I agree. Needed, it needed to be done. They, they needed to put break it up and have a second line scoring. So uh, tonight, today it was uh, or McLeod. Next game it might be back to Holloway. It might be Perry. Perry had success there. So. I think they're just going to keep it fresh because I think, again, it's just an audition to see what works best and what they need at the deadline. Where was Pugliarvi and Yamamoto in that spot for two they, seasons each, two plus when they first got each, up like, there, When they first got there, they were pretty good. When Yamamoto yeah. first got called up, it turned out pretty good for them, didn't it? And then it gets complacent. What do you That's think, think? What do you think? I think anytime you get to play with those guys, you get excited and, and juice. It doesn't mean always you're going to score, though. I, I, I do think there's a little bit of a limitation on what you can do, but I do think that the excitement there for a couple games is, I mean, I, I remember sometimes I get called up from D and that, and a couple, one night I got called uh, for no reason. And I played on the wing with uh, Bertuzzi and Naslin and I scored like right away. And it was a two on one, whatever. It was a very skilled remember play, that. but whatever. I mean, it was a skilled play, whatever against Chris Pronger, but I'm sure the other guys <laughs> have done that. But anyways, it's just, you get so excited. It brings energy to the team. Now, that's a pretty drastic uplift, but I think that McLeod does fit. I think that speed beside Leon does make a, a difference. Now, just one thought. I think it's better to have Perry on the third line because I think he gives that some character. He gives mm -hmm. that line some definition. And when it's just when it, when it's just McLeod, Holloway, and Fogel, I feel that lacks that playmaking. I've said this before. So I think having Perry on the third line actually helps that line. So now, uh, what was it? It was Holloway and Fogel and, and uh, Perry. And I think mm -hmm. those two have to lean on him about learning how to make plays and how to you know, just find a way to, to create something out of nothing rather than trying to get uh, off the rush. Connor you know Brown like spent some time in that spot too, Brownie. And it didn't necessarily result in great things immediately. No, that but that was a coach that that took him away from there. So that he made a good move that one, taking him off that mm -hmm. line. It's like a coach's bump. When you when you get a new coach, the team plays well right yeah. at the very beginning. 
that's what it's like when you move someone just, up. Play I find with that interesting. I find that interesting. If your if your summation or your supposition mm -hmm. is, it literally would not have mattered what player they slotted in next to Leon in that third period. Well, it, uh, things it, were bound of, to happen. I don't think uh, I agree. I'm with not that. saying uh, out of about five or six players that would not any player. That's everybody not else. Brown. But I'm talking. I said Fogel. I said Holloway. I said Perry. Probably Yanmark. Yeah, 100. I believe that because I've seen it. I've experienced it, and I've been that guy. There is Love a different it. jump. So, by the way, Ryan McLeod should probably get some credit in this too. Hey, he did a good job. Like he did a good job. He's been dry for a little while here. He went in there, and he did a good job. He, you know, he drove possession. He drove play. I thought he looked really good in there. Uh, we're going to talk about Nick Bukestad in the next segment because solid performance from him today. An Oiler fan, are you? You know, I know you don't. It's not a great idea always to go back to the X, but sometimes it's a comfortable landing spot. So maybe we'll talk about that in our next uh, segment, Bukestad as a potential trade target. Uh, I'm re-racking these lines again, and that's what I'm starting next game. These exact same lines I'm starting against the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I'm good with that. I think it, it makes sense. What well, we've seen with Knobloch, though, whatever he finishes and they have success, he seems to come back with them next game. So I, I, I agree. I wonder if anyone wants to revise their thoughts on which goalie should have started today. Anyone who brought no. it up? That's... I said I agreed with you. No. I said Pickard. I was with you, Struts. I don't remember. No, I I'm said, not revising it at I, all. Go ahead I and agree. I said not at all. No, nope, I would have gone with Pickard. Next? Let's get into that then. Let's do it. Goalies. Well, Skinner will start against Boston, and, and he should. Yeah. I agreed, though. I, th I would have played Pickard today. Yeah. I think that was a, a misstep by uh, coaching staff to not play him today. Pickard. I would have went with yeah. Pickard as well. That was a misstep for sure. So, okay. A misstep for today's game against Arizona, if all you're thinking about is Calvin Pickard and his flow and his confidence. I'm thinking about That's the entire team. About no, I'm thinking about the team. I agree. Thinking and about it, the team. It's it's both goalies. It's everybody. It's it's about the longevity of the, of the season. Like the whole thing. I, I would have let him, him being Stu, got his energy, had a good practice there, flowing home today. They have a practice tomorrow. Stay off, I'm not sure, and then hit it hard on Wednesday. I, I just think that it was a misstep uh, by the coaching staff. I, and that's this is it's not even about Pickard. It, it, he's played well, and I'm not saying he earns more starts. It's about giving Skinner a break uh, because I guarantee we'll be talking about it. I bet you within the next month, five weeks, about how he's getting played too much, guys. This is it's a dangerous game they're playing. Okay, and I took the other side of this argument. I felt that they needed to start Stuart Skinner because I believed he's going to get the Boston game as well, and. Skinner has some things he needs to work through in his game, right? He does. He's got to work through some things, and he worked through them in-game. I thought Stuart Skinner was excellent in the back half of that game tonight. Really good. Made some really high-quality saves, some tough saves on a night where he had to be pissed at himself for letting a couple in that I'm sure he didn't love. I thought he was really good late, and I think I Stuart Skinner's coming out of that game feeling confident and heading into the Boston game with his game in better shape than it was when he started today. I, I honestly don't remember Arizona having any shots in the no, second half of that nice game. Saves late. Yeah, a couple really? of really nice pad saves. And yeah, spreads uh, yeah. in there. Come on. It must have been during the commercial break. Because like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember Arizona having a shot for about 16 minutes in the third period. Yeah. It was Someone all Oilers. Skinner, excellent saves late. Good sign. I have. 5-3, <laughs> <laughs> I have that. <laughs> must have been warm-up. Dumba's got a hard shot. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> But I agree, though. I mean, again, he let, he let three goals in. I love it. He let three goals in again, and I would have given him another day of rest. It was a game they're going to win. They could have called up. They could have played anyone in net. They're going to beat the Arizona Coyotes. 
So give him another day's rest. So he was rested coming into this game. And how did it look? Didn't look good. You want that to happen against get Boston? Him, get him another day. You would have had a couple more days rest. That's if what I'm thinking. If he didn't look good today, it wasn't about being tired. This goalie, your starting goalie, yep. has yep. the things he's working through right now. You yep. have to give him the net to let him work through it, oh, especially with the Boston Bruins coming down the pipe. Disagree. Could have worked on it in practice. I give him rest. This is about long term. Yeah. No, I said, and I, you guys already know my position, but I do believe that he could have had, you know, it's it's not that I'm saying that he's tired today. I'm I'm looking down the road. So I think I agree with Brown. He could have worked through some of those things in practice. I mean, he got beat twice from a bit of distance over the shoulder. I think I felt, I felt a little too far back, right? Like they, those are pretty two big open gaps where he shot a brownie. Am I wrong? You're the shooter. Well, it, I mean, it, it's Bukestad, uh, both from distance. And I, when Bukestad was here, I never thought of him as, you know, Brett Hall or of Alex Ovechkin. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and he beat him clean, I, especially the one that went far post and off. I mean, again, I don't, I don't rate goalies, rank goalies that way because that's a goalie coach's job. To me, Pickard has won six straight. You are playing a team that you are going to beat. You've got a big stretch up coming up. Why not get him another two days rest? And have them prepared for Boston, and just that that rest that you're getting now is going to pay off at the end of March. But instead, they play them rest before this starts. Yeah, no, no. And now you can have five, which is yeah, better than three. And then you got to uh, think about it too. Today there was no morning skate, and then they get home. I'm, I'm guessing they'll land around nine or ten. So you're in your bed at normal time. So it's again, that's more rest. It's yep. not like they're getting home at two in the morning. Like all those things add up. And I just really, it's. it's I, I can tell you when I went from playing. Uh, in New York Rangers, where we were almost in our bed every night, it felt like mm-hmm. coming here where we're traveling all. I was so tired. I remember the first month, I couldn't sleep enough. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Now? Like, am I pregnant? I was <laughs> sleeping all the time, and then uh, and tired all the time. And then I realized, like, that the, the time was so. And going through bouncing to uh, uh, time time mm-hmm. changes, like it was like nobody's business. So. I just, guys, I don't want to be the dead horse, but I, I just think it, now that's two opportunities, the Blackhawk game and then today we're, we're taking 120 minutes off of the plate of your starting goaltender to save them. Okay, here's an even more important question, Strides. Where does the saying, I don't want to beat a dead horse, where does that come from? Yeah. Like, so who, who's the first who time said... stand over a dead horse and beat it? I mean, well, I, you know what? Like, I've had enough of you. I'm going to beat you again, even though you're already dead. Like, seriously. I think, I think it was maybe from a jockey. Who was just you know they they whip the horse to get it going faster right oh and then like that's it's, good so that's the same yeah I mean, guys yeah you you guys don't know what I read like a tired horse so not an actually dead horse just a tired horse <laughs> well, I think like you're, you know, say. you know they say oh man that was a hard po- podcast I'm dead tired right you're not actually yeah, dead point, but buddy. you're. Uh, good debate. So let's get to what they're saying on the Weiss Johnson stream here. It's not pretty for me. Uh, Leaky 37 says, Ryan, you're voted out. Paulie says Pickard should have started. Skinner next game, but I agree with Struddy. Should have been Pickard, says Quaddy. Uh, they're going to burn Skinner out again, says Jay. Give Skins the week to prepare for the Bruins, says Paulie. Stu seems to be fighting it a little. Too much movement. Guys, rock solid when he barely moves. Not the type of goalie you want overacting or overreacting. Had rebound issues today. Uh, what else here? Black Havoc 14 says Skinner doesn't knit. He's a 20-something. He's good, obviously, <laughs> assuming that his rest is going to be just fine. The way Skinner tightens up his game reminds me of Fuhrer. Not quite there yet, but getting there, says Pedro Wilson. Agree with Brownie. Agree with Brownie. 
Uh, lots of agreeing with you guys. So maybe I'm out to lunch on this one, but we will see. Uh, I think there is nothing more important when you're making goaltending decisions right now. If you're standing pat on your goaltending, guys, there's no cavalry coming. There is nothing more important right now than allowing Stuart Skinner to stay at the top of his game. That's the number one priority in every decision you're making about practices and starts, keeping Skinner at the top of his game and confident. Okay, that's, I agree, but they played a game today they let in two bad goals on. Yeah. So did that help his confidence? He worked his way through it, finished what? strong. Now he'll you, feel you way better. You keep saying he finished strong. Boston. They never, Arizona yeah. didn't get the puck in their own zone, out of their yeah. own zone in the third period. Uh, I disagree. It's in my notes, Brian. It's in my notes. Uh, great debate. Love it, guys. Great job. Uh, let's get to our You Can Use Services Relentless Player of the Game. Ba, ba, ba. Sorry, I couldn't find that. Um, ba, ba, ba. Well, listen, they've got their comedy night coming up later on in March, right? You can. It's a great local charity. We're super pumped to be partnered with them here on the podcast. they got comedy nights coming up in March, and they're a ton of fun. Um, so definitely encourage you to get out there and to check them out. And uh, you can go to youcan.ca for more information. There's still tickets available. So if you tell them Got Your Back sent you, You'll get 20% off all the proceeds going directly towards helping our youth right here in our community. How was that for an ad-libbed promo read? Because my notes were a mess. I loved it. I loved it. It should be noted, Stuart Skinner is working every one of those UCAN comedy events, though, as well, on top of the game. It's like, we don't want to give him any rest. So uh, look forward to seeing Stu there. He'll be serving uh, coffee and tea the whole time. You're uh, going to be the relentless man of the night tonight yeah. on this Skinner on, uh, dead so- horse you were just bludgeoning. This. That horse is dead, Scruggs. It's laying there dead. Don't beat a dead horse. So um, the relentless player, Tam, I'm going to go a little bit off kind of what we do normally. Um, I want to give some kudos to Brett Kulak. He threw a grenade. Um, I think it was in the first, was it the first or second period over to his partner, Vinny Darnay. And Vinny had a tough time handling that. And it turned into what it was a breakaway. And Kulak absolutely flew back. Now mm-hmm. the player mishandled it, but he was getting him either way. And that was <laughs> love this. pure speed. And I love that it's D-man protecting D-men. So for that, Brett Kulak, you're my relentless player of the night. Congrats. First I love time it. Him. Do you remember that, Brownie? Oh, 100%. Actually, we are talking about it. Like, he did lose control of the puck, but Kulak was going to pass him anyways. That guy yeah. was not getting a shot on that. No. And, no. and, it's, and it's good because most people would see that and say, oh, Dayarney, that's a bad play at the blue line. That was all on Kulak okay. at the blue line. That was a horrible pass. That, all of a sudden, Dayarney's like, you got to be kidding me. You got a guy coming at me. But as you know, Strud's, Whoever makes the mistake is usually the fastest skater on the ice trying to make up for the mistake. Yes. It also happens when you're a D and you go D to D and your your buddy gets absolutely plowed in your own zone, like behind the net. (laughs) And I just skate over like, ah, I got to fight this guy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it feels so bad because it was your pass. I have done this to myself, sir. I've done this this to myself. Did you see uh, another little thing, just a tiny little thing I noticed, but when they were four on four, there was a shot of Ekholm. And did you see Ekholm just clarifying with his line mates? He was saying, are we playing man? Are we playing man? So he asked a couple of times and they sort of nodded and had a little bit of a chat there, Strudz. But maybe just one of those interesting little things where if you're a zone defense team and now you're four on four, you play four on four man or just little strategic things going on on the ice out there. Well, it doesn't matter what you play. You all have to do the same thing. 
Yeah. You know, that, that's, and that's, there's nothing worse than when you think I'm playing man and I think we're playing zone and then just someone's wide open and taps it in like, oh, you got him, I'll take him, right? It's one of those situations. So, um, yeah, I love that they're communicating uh, about it. Brown, you might it's, not. It's, yeah, but it's one of those two where it's like, okay, are we playing man? Because I was watching you. I was watching you this shift here, <laughs> yeah. and I know uh, that I'm playing man. And I know that he's yeah. playing yeah. man. Good but point. what are Good we point. doing up front? Brownie, you know that both of those systems have to be played when you come back across your own blue line, though, right? So do you need I, any explanation on them? Or well, you... no, I was more like Pavel Burry. Just hit me at the red line. I mean, <laughs> if you guys are good, and I, if Struts was my D, I'm playing D with me. I'm like, hey, Struts, I know you can stop two guys. Then fire it up to me at the red line. <laughs> I'll right, give nice up a chance lively, to get a chance. Nice, lively segment, gentlemen. When we come back, our takeaway segment, let's dive into some trade stuff. Send us your suggestions on the chats. Nick Bukestad, what did you think? Time to re-rack? That right shot center just might be. Let's dig into it. Tons more still ahead on the show. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners, and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. Looking at the game summary here. Late in the third period. Shot on goal. Shot on goal. Arizona, Valimaki, McBain, shot on goal. Couple of big Gunther. goal scorers there. Yeah. Gunther, <laughs> Dylan Gunther, shot on goal. Arizona on goal. Kraus, Cooley from 22 feet. Mm-hmm. 22. Cooley from 14 wow. feet. Practically on top of the goalie in those. It's not like he was sleeping in his crease tonight. Strong finish from Stuart Skinner tonight sets up a great opportunity for him to keep it rolling against the Boston Bruins. I got to mm-hmm. just take my losses. Time now for takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports and experience the thrill of the widescape stand-up snowmobile. Visit Martin Motorsports West or South Ed today to book a test drive to start conquering the unknown. Look at this thing. Oh my goodness. We need to get out on one of these struds. If you're just listening to the podcast, run to YouTube and check that thing out. That thing looks fantastic. Off-trail riding in the deep snow. Stop by Martin Motorsports to view one today. Uh, okay, guys, Nick Bukestad, uh, real strong performance tonight. 
Um, I thought he was good as an oiler, and it just kind of got me thinking. The natural right wingers to slot in there on those top two lines, it's, it's maybe hard to come by. Eberle, you know, Tarasenko, we've talked about it in recent podcasts here, Struts. How would you feel if the Oilers just re-racked the whole drill on Nick Bukestad <laughs> to either moonlight on the right side in the top six or play third line center, thus freeing up 71 to play up the lineup. Now, do you know for sure um, how the Oilers felt it went with Bukestad? Like, did you ever get a, to use your word, sense of what the Oilers thought about his time here? I think they really liked him. He, they just knew he was going to be yeah. too expensive. They, yeah. they needed McLeod and they needed to get their own guys done, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just too expensive. It, yeah. The fact that it started with a two, the Oilers were out of it from the start, I believe. Yeah, he had a good game. He's up to what was it, twelve goals now, twelve or twelve or something goals on a uh, team. Yeah, I'll grab it here. Quickly going into the dumpster at uh, 10, 10 losses in a, in a row. That's not fun. I feel Yikes. bad for those guys uh, and their coaching staff for sure. Um, yeah, you know he 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 checks a lot of boxes for this team. He's big. Um, you know he can be somewhat physical. Can win face off. He's got obviously a pretty good shot. So yeah, I think that the, the, it, it makes sense. The fact that he'd be this year and next year, I think that I really like that. I, I that's because you're kind of solving problems, and that seems to be Ken Holland's uh, way he goes about it, Brownie. Well, I I don't like rentals. I've said that for 18 years. I think it's <clears> dumb <throat> giving away for a rental because the rental guarantees you nothing. You could be out of the playoffs in the first round. You've given sure. away future. I do like trading for players with term. Now, having said that, the reason they didn't sign Bukestad is because he wanted over two million. Well, he, he signed that, and he's got it again next year. So I'm like, what makes you think that the Oilers can afford him now for this year and next year if they couldn't afford him in September? So there's that, too. Does he want to come here? Because when he was here last time, I mean, he he's a fourth-line guy that penalty kills. He gets to play a lot more in Arizona. What's his family situation like? Does he want to move up to Edmonton? It's not there's just no, for the rest of the year. There's no no move here on his deal, at least that I can see. According okay, to so, I mean... Right. To, I, I don't know. I, I do believe he's everything the Oilers need. He 100%. He's a big... I, I'd have him as my third-line center. I wouldn't have him as a winger. I have his third-line center that wins face-offs, and you can now put out against the Kings or the Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights or the Canucks. You've got a big third-line center that can eat up good minutes, and he's a very good penalty killer. 100%. It just, it, it'd be funny that the Oilers go out and get a guy that they couldn't afford that makes the exact same amount of money that they couldn't afford. Yeah, but I mean, things Yeah, things change at the deadline. And then the other thing that you can do is you can sweeten the pot a little. They can retain a little bit. Um, you know, you, you, you accrue cap space by the trade deadline that you didn't have when you started the year. There's there's machinations that allow for it. And, and I believe they can afford this player. Do you think they still need a fourth-line center struds, even if they have Bukestad, though? Like he'd be your three, and that allows McLeod to play up. And if McLeod's not playing up, then chances are one of Holloway or Buke's dad are. So, do you still feel like you need to upgrade yourself? Because your options down there are either Holloway at four, and I don't think you want that. I think Dylan Holloway is your third line left winger come playoff time. Buke's dad in the middle, and Corey Perry on the right. I like the sounds of that line. So then Fogel drops down the fourth line. Fogel, Janmark, and Ryan, or Fogel, new guy, and Janmark? Mm-hmm. I would like the option of another center, uh, yeah. another another bigger 
kind of center heavy. Um, and then Ryan's kind of, he, he's Ryan's floating around the lineup. Like I think he, he's shown that he can do that. And that's kind of where I, I would, I would place him out Rowney. Well, the problem is if, if you do do come back with uh, another fourth line guy that takes Ryan out of the lineup, well, he better be a penalty killer. Cause you got Brown yeah. out of the lineup. Who's a penalty yeah. killer. You got Derek Ryan out of the lineup. Who is in your first unit of penalty killing. So he a penalty killer though. So you're adding but, one. Well, you're adding one, but Ryan right now would, he might be your number one guy. He and the Nuge are your two best penalty killers. So yeah. you're taking Ryan out of the lineup. You better be bringing in somebody that's capable of doing it at as good as him, if not better. So I forgot um, about Connor Brown too. I, I think Connor Brown will be in the lineup to start the playoffs. I think, I think that unless he falls so far off the path here, like I still think they give that. How much further? How much further off the path yeah. can he go? He's got four yeah. assists, fifty yeah, games but, into the season. But he's still getting games. He's still playing. It's not like the competition around him is such that he has no chance to stay engaged. Like he'll stay engaged for the remainder yeah, of the season. They'll keep him around. I think the Oilers need two forwards and a defense, well, at least one defenseman. At least one defenseman. Because right now, if the Oilers have an injury on the back end, it's Philip Broberg. And he has not proven he can play in the National Hockey League in quality minutes yet. And he's not getting an opportunity. So his first game may be in the playoffs. So I, I think you need an experienced defenseman. Someone that's been around, a veteran guy that you can put in if there's an injury. Again, the Oilers have been incredibly lucky with injuries. Almost for two years now. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's going to come back at one point and bite them. So they've got to be prepared for that. And right now, I don't think on the back end they're prepared for injuries. Struds, do you think that Fogel is a luxury at his cap space that they shouldn't shouldn't need to afford heading into this deadline? Like, if Dylan Holloway is going to play and play decent, and if they were to add a player like a Bukestad, another mm -hmm. forward, you know, there's a chance Fogel gets dumped to your fourth line. Like, that could be the mechanism to free up this space. Yeah, so is there is there a guy that could do what Fogel's doing right now for a million or a million two or a million three? Yeah, I, I think there would be. But when Fogel was playing as he was early in the season, I think he is that player. Um, so that's that's the dangerous part. You don't want to be downgrading uh, if you don't need to, right? That's that's you kind of do the opposite. You're trying to upgrade, and and quite honestly, Holloway hasn't consistently shown that he's a third line player. You know, yep, there's been fair. some good moments, mm -hmm. um, and and he's still he's kind of like Broberg, except he's in the NHL. He's still kind of a a work in progress. And there's some moments you really like, and other moments where he's he's not. Um, you know, he's just not a finished product yet. I love the idea of what I think he's going to be, but he's not finished, Brownie. Well, yeah, well, actually, you think about the game today. Did you really notice Holloway a lot today in this game? I, I Just thinking back at the game right now, I, I didn't really notice him. And there's been games that I, I've noticed. I'm like, wow, okay, he's he's on, he's on going in the right direction today. I, I mean, he started as the fourth-line center, too, right? True. I mean, look yeah, and then he moved left. But, yeah. but that might be where he is. He might be getting third or fourth-line minutes, and you've got to be noticed. Um, and I just I didn't notice him today. I do. I I agree. I think he's got great potential, and I I hope to see him as a top six player at some point. But I do. I think the Oilers they need to improve on depth. They need depth players because to do a, to have a long playoff run, injuries are going to come into play. And I don't know if there's anyone in the minors right now that really excites you as guys going into the lineup that are going to be able to make you uh, keep you going in the right direction come playoff time. Hmm. I don't know, man. Dylan Holloway, maybe maybe he's just going to be a real good third-line player, Struds. And that's okay if that's where he, he bears out on this team. It's still too early to tell, but I'd say it's it's very much up in the air as of right now as to, you know, can he be a more consistent Warren Fogle-type player? 
Well, I'd like to think that that's the floor for him, right? I think that, and and that's no like. I'm not trying to be rude to Warren Fogel, but I think that everyone expectations for Fogel or for Holloway should be higher than that. Yeah. Uh, so I think we got to, again, guys, how many games has he played? He hasn't played that many games. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, and, and he's been moving around the lineup a bit. He was sick know. too, by the way. So maybe not sure if he was back. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So, so you got to give him a little bit of leeway, but I, I would really like to see him with Perry. And I know when I keep harping on this third line, but I think just Perry, and, and I'd say to, uh, if I was the head coach, I'd say to Perry, work with this guy. Take him under your wing, talk to him about mm-hmm. where to be, how to hang on the pucks, how to do all that thing. And not that, you know, there's no doubt that Holloway's way faster through the neutral zone. But once you get in, and I think in the playoffs, Brownie, it's heavy hockey below the tops of circles. You're protecting the puck. You're working it, grinding it there, using your D-man. Like that is, to me, the winning recipe. Off the rush, there's not a lot off the rush in the playoffs, at least not consistently, buddy. Yeah, you're at 100%. But you know what I'd like to see, and it's kind of funny when we're talking about it now, is for the most part of Chris Knobloch's tenure here, all the lines stayed the same. There was very little change. Now it's a blender. I mean, they're not playing as well. There's a blender. To, for a Holloway to learn how to play with a Perry as a third-line guy, you have to consistently play with them and consistently uh, yeah. practice with them. I mean, there's been a couple sh- games where they played together where Perry hit Holloway in a spot where Hollywood, Holloway wasn't expecting it. And it was great plays by Corey Perry, and Holloway's like, oh, geez, I didn't, think, didn't know I was going to get that. I'd like to see them, okay, here's what we want to try, and we're going to give you some games. And we're going to let you play together to have some chemistry. There's 30 games left in the season. we got 30 games to prepare for game one of what they're really playing for is the playoffs. And right now, it's it's every game has been a blender, and the the chemistry that we talked about with the defense, we're not seeing any of that with the forwards as of late because there is a lot of movement with the, with all the lines, things that we've seen with past coaches. All right, that was takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Uh, as we go to break, and Zuby, you can just roll this sound right into the commercial break. We've had some discussion in previous podcasts about Leon Drysaddle getting thrown out of all these draws. And what the heck is going on? Well, there was some audio that hit, or some video and audio that hit Twitter today. So I assume that this is going to be courtesy of the National Hockey League. But Drysaddle mic'd up and in some discussion with the linesmen. We can always see them kind of flapping their gums at the linesmen. We can never tell exactly what's being said as we go to break. Here's some Leon Drysaddle in conversation with the lineys. When I'm in the offensive zone and he's down first, you got to give me time to like set my stick. A lot of guys, they kick you out for like going like this, but I got to rush it because you're dropping it. Well, that's why there's like, if you come in. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's what I'm talking about. You got to let me get down. Do you you understand where I'm coming from in the offensive zone? So if I'm in the offensive zone, he's down. You guys have to let the offensive side at I least know, get so set. I, you know I what I mean? You if, if, if you're set and I and I go like this and you throw it, of course I'm going to jump. You know what I mean? Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit redefinehealth.com. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May, and registration is just around the corner. 
Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> Time now for Strutty's World. Brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They've got locations in Calgary and Edmonton. Whether you're a homeowner, a contractor, or builder, DLR is the most reliable source for vinyl fence. Opened up in 2005 and not going anywhere. Unmatched service, high-quality, North American-made products. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. I got the text from Strud's tonight, Brownie. It was like, should we go light or fair, or you want to go some hockey content in Strudy's world? You know what I said to him? said, it's up to you, buddy. You take us wherever you want to take us. So I have no idea where we're going, Strutty. What did you decide? Jesus grabbed the wheel. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, you know, every time I go to the grocery store in the past, I'd always come home with one of four items on top of what I was supposed to bring. I'd always come home with mustard. I'd come home with Frank's Red Hot Sauce. I'd come home with salsa or toilet paper. Those last four things are, I believe, staples. You cannot go without them. There's nothing worse than going to, you know, make a sandwich and you're out of mustard or going to, uh, you know, make some eggs and there's no Frank Red Hot Sauce. So about three, four months ago, my wife said, listen, babe, I don't need you to do that anymore. I'm going to make sure we always have those things. We'll have them organized here. I'm like, you're sure? Because I'm going to the grocery store anyways. I'm going to bring these things home. I'm happy to bring them home. But her, her... Later, she explained to me that the frustration was she didn't want to see like five mustards in there because I was always overloading. I'm like, that's to make sure we never run out. Same with toilet paper. It's nothing worse than also you find out there's not a shred of toilet paper in an old house because the kids are using like Q-tips uh, when, when they're using the bathroom. So I said, okay, I backed off. I stopped doing it. I came home the other night, you know, after a practice. I love, I, I, you know, if, if I haven't eaten, I'll maybe I have eaten. I maybe have a beer and I get a, it's a bowl of salsa and some chips. I walk into the fridge or look at the fridge, no salsa. I go into the pantry, salsa aisle where I keep the salsa, empty. And you want to talk about a war. <laughs> I was not happy. So I went up and talked to my wife. I think she may have been asleep. And I brought up this discussion about how it was wrong. And I'll just, I'll just leave you guys with this. It'll never happen again. Well, I'll run out of salsa. When I die, <laughs> you'll put those four items in my coffin because it'll never happen where they're not our house. They're staples. And guys, if your wife pushes back and tells you how to do it, you're wrong. You bring back what you need. It's your house too. Those four are must-haves in any house. I will never, ever do that again. Is it? Oh. Is it? Is it 1963? <laughs> did, did we step into a time? Is it 1963 right now? I can't wait to go upstairs and tell Dr. Holly, you know what, honey? I don't care what you're going to say right now. You're wrong. Because Strutty said, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you don't even know what I'm going to say yet. doesn't matter. Fair Strutty point. said, you're wrong. Seriously, you have an, a, a salsa aisle in yes, your I do. pantry? I I do. In our pantry, there's a lane. There's a lane. And when I looked down there and saw that the lane was empty, oh, man, I had just about lost it. So you because woke her up to tell her that the cupboards weren't appropriately stocked to your liking? 
Basically, well, because I always, I'm the <laughs> one who brings those back to the home. And she told me to stop doing it because we had too many. And I said, can I trust you to make sure that it's there? When I need I am, that salsa, it's not there. I am looking forward to seeing and meeting Shona's new husband. I can't wait. I bet yeah. you he's going to be a really, really nice I, I wonder guy. how he is at podcasting. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's the drill, right? It's it's whoever Shona's with, he gets to do the podcast. Uh, how did she react, Struds? Like, what was the, was, oh, it, was it like, hey... <laughs> If you ever wake me up again for something like this, I, you'll. I, I, and while you're in bed, we may as well now, anyways. Hey, now that I we've worked I, our way through that, hon. I know she. There was, seemed to be one of her fingers was directed at me. It was pretty dark, so I couldn't tell exactly which finger it was. Right. <laughs> no, but guys, you just have to understand. It is the quality of salsa I'm bringing home. I have the the extra lumpy, like I like a little bit bigger cut. Or uh, mango. Would you like, kind of like chunky? Are you do you go with the lumpy or the chunky? That's another one I say. Yeah, that's the way of saying it. And said, but that's what bothers me is that she said, "Don't do it. I'll look after it." And then she didn't, and I knew that it wouldn't get looked after because she has a lot of other things she deals with. And I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. I'm trying to take things off her plate, right? And here right. we found the salsa uh-huh. lane empty. You're oh, you're doing gosh. her a favor, is what you're saying right now. That's she what I'm saying. Do, yeah. Oh, I get. It. And she okay, said, now Stop. I see why you're right. Okay, I get it now. But and then one time she brought home mustard, the wrong kind of mustard. I mean, what kind of world do we live in? You don't like the French is mustard for one. And she brought the wrong one home. Oh my God. Heaven forbid you misstep and accidentally grab the wrong mustard when you're grocery (laughs) shopping for Jason Strudwick. When you have gotten this car, shopping yourself there. I'm there already. I'm pulling, she'll give me a list. I'll pick up other things. And then I will additionally pull those things in. She's like, no, we don't need them. I'll like, deal when we need them. How much mustard does a man need? Oh, man, I love mustard. I love <laughs> nah. red hot sauce, uh, mustard and salsa. I call salsa the Mexican ketchup, by the way, just a little slang I use uh, around the house, around the pantry. And it's so good. It is so good. <laughs> We can multiple we, multiple things wrong with what has happened here in this segment, but um, yeah, you know, Shona, just keep on keeping on, Shona. You got our support. You know, you know it's got to be tough to keep them happy, but uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's an interesting one. And when Randine listens to this podcast tomorrow, Strads, I'll get her to text you uh, her thoughts on this whole happening. Her insight. I'm not I'm not sure Holly knows I do a podcast, so you guys are a little further ahead than me. Where does she think you disappear down into the basement? What yeah. she think you're doing down in the basement I, when you disappear? I, I'm not sure she knows I'm home right now. Working actually. out. Yeah. No, she knows that's not it. <laughs> uh, Brownie, good stuff tonight. Before I let you go, I'm going to throw yep. an idea at you. You yep. guys can both tell me if it's ridiculous or not. I was thinking tonight as I was watching the game, and I thought I'll bring this up on the pod tonight. Maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it's terrible. How about this? Last change. When you're the home team, you get it at the start of the game and any time that you're tied. But last change goes back and forth to the trailing team. So if you're down in a game, you have last change. Yeah, no, I like the home ice advantage. I mean, in all honesty, if you're playing all season long to get home ice advantage in the playoffs, it's really it's for the fans, but it really it's for last change. Is Would what the games you're be to more play. exciting, Struds? Though With better chance for comebacks and such, and I think runaways? I'm wrong. I'd ask. I'm a bit of a traditionalist, right? I don't right. want I don't want a bunch of changes, and I understand what your what your your nuance you're trying to add to it. Um, you know, it's like the idea of you're not unable to ice the puck. Uh, on a penalty kill mm-hmm. yeah. like you know why don't we just have if you get a penalty you just keep shooting uh from the hash marks till you score 
you know, maybe that's that's an option too. Um, so you're being facetious so right now, Strud. You're so being you're silly. I'm for two. I'm, I'm still in two tonight. Goaltending. Yeah, still the south aisle. Yeah. Uh, Brownie, thanks for this tonight, buddy. Uh, great job, and we'll uh, chat with you. What Ooh. do we got here? We got podcasts uh, you, coming up this weekend. You didn't Might talk about. You didn't talk about Kinsport. Kins, er, oh, oh Kinsport. Yes, Kinsport. Yes, there we go. Appearances brought to you by our great friends at Kinsport. Turn the hat around too, Brownie. Show them how cool it is on the front. High quality apparel, promotional products to take your brand to the next level. Visit Kinsport.ca. The architects of these fantastic hats. And speaking of these hats, we're going to give one away at the start of our Ask Us Anything segment. Thanks, Brownie. Good job, buddy. We'll talk to you in a few days. Bye-bye. All right. Back soon, folks. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching, they truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster. Find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing, or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. All right, time to take a lap. Brought to you by Backscape, where you can bid farewell to unwanted back hair solo in just five minutes with the fastest growing male grooming tool on the planet. There's Brownie demonstrating how it works. They are water resistant. They've got a rechargeable long handle. You can shave independently in any direction. No cuts, scrapes, bumps, or mess. It is the superhero of razors. Visit Backscape.com, that's B-A-K-Scape.com, and choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. That is Backscape. Stay smooth, gentlemen. Struddy, let's take a lap, my man. Where are we going? Yeah, kind of a crazy day in uh, the hockey world. There's, uh, you know, the Canucks are winning 5-2 over the Wild, and you think you're deep into the second period, and you're going to be okay. Well, that quickly turned around as the Canucks lost 10-7 to the Wild. So eight goals by the uh, Wild to, uh, you know, to, to, to get the W. And just a crazy night. Three players had hat tricks, uh, one for the Canucks, two for the Wild. Uh, there was a string of like four power play goals, I think, in a row that uh, the Wild had. And now this is the second loss in a row for Canucks. They've lost, obviously, um, the, t- tonight and the last one previous. And their next three games are the Avs, the Kraken, and then the Bruins. So I think that the Canucks have been really high flying and doing well. But I wonder if this isn't just a little bit of a wobble or is it a little bit something more? Because a game like that, Shocker, it can throw you off. Giving up eight goals in that short a time, I'm sure Rick the Rocket Tockett wasn't thrilled. Well, look at what the Oilers, look what happened to the Oilers early on in the season against Vancouver, having it not just not just fall out from underneath you, but yeah, uncontrollable, point. like the snowball, just boom, 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 right. boom, boom. They are still 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. They got a re-rack right away against the Colorado Avalanche, so not a lot of time to lick their wounds. I listened to that post game 
I like the things that JT Miller was saying. Uh, you know, the head coach was pretty chill about it. There wasn't nobody was painting the walls. There was none of that. They got to get right back to business. I think when you're a team that's done what the Canucks have done this season, you've yeah. earned yourself the grace of just rolling past that one. Yeah, well said. Well said. Uh, the next point I got a chance to watch. Uh, it's ironic that the former the team that the Oilers played before oh, Dallas and beat them in yep. overtime, and then they roll over to the um, uh, Bruins. And so the Bruins are up next for the Oilers. So kind of watch them today. Bruins versus Stars. And ultimately, the uh, Bruins won in overtime, 4-3. Uh, Charlie McAvoy gets the, the winner for that one. Uh, deeper shootout, actually. But what was crazy, McAvoy, not only did he score the game-winning goal in the shootout, he played nearly 30 minutes crazy. on the back end for the Bruins. Crazy amount of minutes. But what is even crazier, on the other side, you had Harley. He also played almost 30 minutes. Now, there was some overtime, but still, Shogger, that's still north of 25 minutes with or without the overtime periods. Those are monstrous minutes. What do you think the most minutes you played in a game was? Uh, uh, probably 20-something, like 22, mm -hmm. maybe 22, somewhere in there. And, it, it, you know, it was it's it's a lot of hockey. Um, but, you know, 30 minutes, or uh, let's call it 30 minutes, by two defensemen in the same game in regular season, that is mm -hmm. pretty incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's it's... I love, I mean, obviously they've got a really good young one there in Dallas and, and high school as well, but Charlie McAvoy just crunching minutes. Crazy. 24.50 he's averaging this season. How much harder would it be to suddenly play another four or five minutes than what you would normally play? Well, percentage-wise, it's not crazy. I mean, you're, you're, it's a, what is another 20%. If you go from 15 to 28, that's a big chunk. But so I don't, I don't think, and he's in good shape and he can do it. Or all the guys are in shape. They can, they can do it. But um, you're out there every other shift. It, right, mm -hmm. so you're you have other players who are literally sitting on the bench for very long stretches of time. Boston Bruins roll into town with 65 points. Don't see them a ton. Uh, how big a test do you think this will be for the Oilers for where their game is at right now and the way they're playing in this moment? What do you think this will look like for them? In a lot of ways, the game that I saw today looked very similar to the Stars Oilers game uh, mm. that we saw on what day is it today? Saturday. Uh, Bruins are a good team. You know their top end with with Marchand. They've they've got pretty good D, good, good goalies. Uh, Pasternak, one of the you know the, the elite scorers in the in in the in the league. Um, I think this is going to be a good matchup for the Oilers. You know the Bruins, they're not as deep as they were last year, and I think that the Oilers should be feeling confident going to this game. But make no doubt, they've got some good defensemen and and good goaltenders. Skinner's going to have to play well, man. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, the Oilers. Oilers well, yep. quality of competition's kicking up here a little bit. Uh, Dallas the other day got the Boston Bruins rolling through town. It's going to be a good test for them, no question. That was taking a lap. Brought to you by our good friends at Backscape. One more very quick commercial break. You can take a look at Belvedere Golf and Country Club. Fantastic course. We'll show you that. Then after that, we're going to give away one of these and take your questions on our Weiss Johnson YouTube stream. So stay with us. For over 60 years, Belvedere Golf and Country Club has been delivering a high-quality golf experience to Edmonton and area. This beautiful private club located on Highway 21 just south of Sherwood Park occupies 160 acres and presents a challenging yet adventurous 18-hole design. A beautiful clubhouse, fully stocked pro shop, and warm, friendly staff truly make it feel like you belong to something unique and special. Visit www.belvederegcc.com. 
All right, time for our Kin Print giveaway, and it is brought to you by DeBoer's Golf Shop and Fitting Center. Aiming to help you play better golf with golf fitting instruction, after sales support, and merchandising, clothing as well, celebrating 25 years this year. Fantastic local company. So here's the deal. I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Email the answer. Got your back 18 at gmail.com. That's got your back 18 at gmail.com. Lots of talk about Nick Bukestad tonight. He has played for five NHL teams. Email us all five of the teams that Nick Bukestad has played for. And uh, your name will go into a draw if you get it right to win one of these. Now, here's the deal. Better if you're local because you're going to go pick it up at DeBoer's. And just for coming down, they're going to toss in $25 of store credit as well. So the five NHL teams Nick Bukestad has played for, email us at gotyourback18 at gmail.com. Zuby, why don't you hop back in here, buddy? We're going to get ready to rock and roll for Ask Us Anything, brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Rini Buclan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Voted the number one individual agent for two years in a row. You'll see why when you see your commitment to providing your clients with professional services, skilled negotiation, knowledge of Sherwood Park, Edmonton, and surrounding area as well. Give her a call, 780-994-0280. Zuby, how are we making out tonight on the Weiss Johnson YouTube stream? Doing well. Lots of uh, lots of good conversation. A um, couple of things before we get in. Let's you know people want to talk trade targets again sure. as they always do this time of year. A couple of things of note I wanted to get to first. Um, Quaddy said uh, Ekholm's lack of foot speed becoming more and more evident these past few games. Struddy, are you seeing that? Fought it a bit tonight, hey? Yeah, I mean a little bit. Um, he was never a speed demon, right? But he's always in the right place. And I think that that's what his game is. When he's in the right place, I think it makes his life a lot easier. Um, but I, I think that he's moving much better now than he was at the beginning of the season. So I don't think we have to be too worried about that right now. Yeah, I, I do think that he tonight I think was a bit of a rougher night for him. Um, when he was injured earlier on this season, the injury that he had did affect his speed as well. And I think it was really noticeable in his game. So I think what we've learned here is there's not a lot of room for him to slow up. Uh, but when he's at full speed, I think his his foot speed is just fine, Zuby. Matt Somerville says, um, what do you guys think they need to do to buck this poor second period trend that's been bubbling up in their game what can be done in the room or something with the code? Like, 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 what do you do? Are they aware? You know, do you think they're aware of let's not go out, lay an egg in the second? Like, are they just going out there and playing their game? Well, I think they let their foot off the gas pedal. And I think that's the dangerous part. Um, You know, whether you want to admit it or not, I think there's a level of comfortability with what they've done. Um, You know, they've kind of got themselves back in the game or sorry, back in this season after an incredible run of, of really, really high-end hockey. Uh, so I'm sure the coaches remind them. I'm sure the players and, and are telling each other, they're talking about the leadership group, are talking about it. But they just need to recognize that you can't you know, take your foot off the gas at, at really any time against any opponent in the NHL. But in reality, that's hard to do. You're going to have some softer moments within games and within seasons. Yeah, I think... I think the orders kind of got themselves lulled a little bit into how many good minutes are we going to have to play to win this one? Because the answer wasn't 60 for quite a while there during that winning streak. So, 
yeah, their their game is getting away from them a little bit. And uh, yeah, they're just going to have to dial it in. It's it's not a massive issue yet, but it's definitely a trend and they need to buck it for sure, Zoobs. Um, Harry E. Polinski says, uh, kind of on the same topic here, but he says, is it actually hard to show up for 60? You know, I mean, is it expecting too much? Because when how many teams do you know that you, you can say game after game after game they're giving this incredible 60 minute effort. How hard is it to actually do Strads? It is hard. I mean, you know, just for anyone listening now, do you, do you bring a full 100% commitment to every work day you do? We all have off days. You know, everyone has a day where for whatever reason you had a, you know, maybe you had a fight at home with a loved one or, you know, you're a little under the weather or uh, you got some bad news or whatever you can't, it's impossible to be 100% for 82 games. And even if you're bringing energy, that's no guarantee you're going to play well. Some nights it just doesn't go right. You went left, you should have gone right. Um, it goes in off your foot, and now it's like a cascade negative. So mm-hmm. it's, it is, it's, it's hard to get it all going every game the right way. And it's not that the guys don't prepare. Like, you look at these guys now, Shogger, they're in shape. All of them are in shape they hit the, you know, for game one. They're ready to go. Best of intentions. But... It's just you can't. And then some nights, guys, the travel. The travel is brutal. You know, you change two or three time zones. Uh, yeah, let's say you have three games in four nights and three different time zones. By that third game, your legs, they're still back in like two cities later or two cities prior to where you're at today. Chris R. says January was an off day for Struddy. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if Shona had an off day today, who can blame her, right? Like her husband woke her up at four in the morning to tell her that she forgot salsa. So it's going to be a tough day when bad stuff happens, right? Yeah, and that's and that's another thing. Let's say that you know you have a little one at home, and maybe you know they're they're you know they they they're not sleeping well, and now you don't get a good sleep. Now you're maybe at eighty percent energy, and you go into work, and you know it's just it's it's not always ideal. The, what the, you're the, describing your strength, here, yeah. Struts, what you're describing is that they're human beings, right? So yeah, how life. hard is it to be excellent yeah. every night? Look yourself yeah. in the mirror. Are you excellent every day? What are the reasons right. why they're you're not? Well, they're, yeah. they're human beings too. Yeah. And all things being equal, let's say you are feeling good and you don't bring your best energy, then that then we'll have a different talk. But there mm-hmm. are things working against you um, that are challenges uh, at, at, at different points in the season. Two more, Zuby. I'm out here ordering pizzas, uh, ruining a perfectly good Strutty's world. So, I mean, we're not, we're, we're all far from perfect. Um, that was yeah. a moment. That was a moment. Okay. Um, oh, shoot. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, I wanted to bring up, oh, on that, eh, to that end about you talking about the travel struts, somebody, I lost the name, but mentioned the Oilers are getting the Bruins playing a, a 7 p.m. I think, is it a, is it an 8 p.m. mountain start or a 7 it p.m. Is, mountain yeah. start? Could they be... Yeah. Is is this a good thing for the Oilers? Could they be catching the Bruins a little sleepy? Well, you know, I, I wonder, and Shogger, you might know. I wonder the Bruins played an early game today. I wonder if they would have flown to Edmonton today and gotten here tonight. Like I, I as a player, I now I, I think they're on a bit of a road trip, but it's always nice to kind of get sooner to the place that you need to. Because instead, you know, if they, I guess they could practice tomorrow and they game, they pick up two hours, so maybe they would do that. Uh, and I think going west is easier than going east. So now that I've kind of talked about, maybe they would be just be flying tomorrow. But because it was an early game, it w- there would have been a case, I believe, to fly to Edmonton tonight or today. Yeah, I mean, it depends, right? Some guys are night people. Like some, for some people, they're just as good at ten at night as they are at four in the afternoon. And they're, again, they're human beings. There are just certain players are going to function better dropping the puck at what is ten o'clock 
for them when they're at home. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely an advantage when guys have to come this way and play that late, I would say, for the team that normally is on this time zone. Last one, Zoobs. Oh, let's see. We got a couple minutes. I got a couple quick ones. Let me let me scatter a couple quick ones in here. Oh can I? All right. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't get, messing with. I right, didn't go. get to the trade target. So I want to. Um, there was a discussion earlier on the stream between a, between a few people talking about whether like they like Ryan McLeod better at wing or center. Shogger, what's your on in this roster line and position? What's your ideal spot for Ryan McLeod for for a playoff run? They have more potential of getting more out of McLeod as a top six winger than they do as a third line center, I would say. And honestly, I think that has as much to do with the fact that Ryan McLeod is not that old a player and shouldn't have to be the best, most experienced player on his line, right? The Oilers, if Ryan McLeod had different wingers on the third line with them, maybe a real sage veteran guy or something like that, it might be a better fit. He's better to me as a top six winger. At least he's shown us that so far this year, Struds. They need a replacement, though. You know, you can't just – Dylan Holloway's not that replacement. Uh, Derek Ryan's not that replacement. Duke's and, dad. Yeah, well, if you have a replacement, then we can have that talk. But just to put him up there without a replacement, I, I feel that would be uh, a little premature. Where's Where's his ideal spot for you, Struds? Center, wing, I do like, line. Well, I, I, like, I like him on the wing with Leon. I do. I like his speed um, that he brings and just pushes D's back. And I think Connor or Leon really likes that. Um, but if we don't, if there's no other third line center, I like him at third line center because I believe they, they can't just, you can't just fill that spot. That's an important spot in the roster. And there's no one I see that can do it as well as he can if they don't have someone externally come in. Okay, two quick names that came up of trade talk that we haven't really talked about before. Not this year, anyway. One of them is Let's Joel Ed- is Joel Edmondson. They talked about him a lot last year. I haven't heard his name that as much this year as a depth defenseman for the Oilers. Is that a guy you'd like to add if you could get Washington uh, to retain some salary? Yeah, he's. This is last year, right? What is he? Is he like three and a half million or something like that? Just grabbing it right now. I think Edmondson is one point seven five million and unrestricted at the end of the year. But that so that means the Montreal must have kept some, right? They must have retained some. Yeah. So so one point seven five. So they can cut that down. You get him for yeah for that. I'd, I'd probably take him. If I'm gonna be honest, I haven't seen him play. I think he's slowing down. Or like I don't think that is. I remember when he was with Montreal and they were talking about him here. I reached out to some people there. They said he's slowed down, but he's heavy. He's won before. Um, so he fits that description of a, of a depth player. Uh, that you require, but you know, if you retain half, you're there's not much there to, to take on. Here's a quick question for you, Struds. Let's say this is the order's decor heading into the playoffs, right? If they were to sustain an injury, should the next player in be a new addition or should the next player in be Philip Broberg? What I'm asking you is, do the orders need to go and get someone to put in front of Bo- Broberg on this decor? Um, well, yeah, that'd be great. I think ideally you want to have a lefty and a righty. So I think Joel, Joel Edmondson makes a lot of sense because now you have both options. And he's listed uh, as playing either side too, by the way. Yeah, but I think he's a righty, isn't he? If I, am I wrong? I think I, I, I thought he was. He's listed as lefty, righty. One sec here. Yeah, I'll I, find I, it. I think he's a shoots, right shot. Shoots I, left. Yeah, I but thought he was a left guy because okay. we talked about him quite My a bit bad. last year, but okay. I think he can play both sides. My bad. Um, okay, so he's he's a lefty. So, yeah, I... I Robert's ex- playing lots in the minors. Apparently, he was playing pretty well. Got dinged up there a little bit, though. Like yeah. The experience matters, 
but he's also a really good skater. And that speed from the back end to be able to transport the puck out of the zone, it does make a difference. Um, but I would like to see him before the end of the season. Realistically, that's not happening unless there's an injury. Shane Matheson says, yes, in front of Broberg. Need a guy to make Broberg the number eight. Zuby, you got more? Are we going to go I'm, all night here, or what are we doing? Yeah, I'm not actually not going to. The other one was Pavel Bushnevich, <laughs> and now I'm looking at him. He's got two years left at 5.8. That's that's a pipe that I can't imagine. That's a nice yeah, player. Yeah, that's tough to do. I that's a that big would... trade for somebody to make, right? That's a good player. That's a big trade. It's a hockey-type deal. It's got to be a team that has space and lots of assets, and that, that's a big trade. So I don't know that the orders would be be in the fray necessarily on that so, so i'm going to skip ahead to the last thing which is blake giblin or giblin he said right at the start of the show he says calling dlr i need a fence and then he added do i get a 10 percent price increase if i drop your name ryan he's going yes drop my name <laughs> and you might not hear back from them at all no absolutely please tell them that dlr sent you and uh if you beg them Maybe we can even squeeze a hat through DLR to you as well if you go buy something from DLR. That's going to drive their sales crazy. We have tons of people asking about how to get hats. Yeah. We should probably start the show with a disclaimer that you we're working on it, that there will be Yeah, we're working on it. Like we're, we're working on a few different things, right? Potential pop-up store where people can buy. Like we're not looking to make a bunch of money on hats or anything like that. We just want to be able to print them and for people to order them mm -hmm. and pay a decent price for them. And that takes a little bit of doing. Kinprint uh, did a fantastic job. They printed, you know, 150 of them for us. We're working with the Boers. We're working on giveaways. Sponsors get hats too. So they're coming. Bear with us. We just got into the swag world. So far here this year, as we wrap up the podcast tonight, Struddy, I'm going to tap you for uh, gem Ooh. of the night. No, I'm not. No, I'm not giving it to you. I'm tapping oh. you to pick it. I thought you were going to call my number. You know, no. I don't like that when people do that. No, no, I did. I, uh, the only thing I can recall is you waking your wife up to get mad at her that the cupboards weren't stocked properly. That that's that, that undoes any good you might have done on this podcast. You're missing a critical piece of information. She told me to not purchase the salsa. So let's not, let's not, I'm not that guy. Uh, I'm going to go back to the entire conversation with you and Rob Brown arguing about um, the goaltender. Mm. Should the goaltender have been Pickard today or should it have been Skinner? I like that. So I'm going to give you, that's, that's a lump a lump chunk of what you're getting, but it was it was an excellent debate. Yeah. Which I completely agree with Rob Brown, but it was a great debate. <laughs> it's funny. Brownie and I are rarely on the opposite side of things. Right. Like it's usually him and I against you because Fair you're point. mostly wrong. But it was kind of fun to be on the other side of Rob Brown. We'll see. We'll see here. <laughs> that was nice uh, not to be the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Good job tonight, my friends. Ubi, great work as always behind the scenes, buddy. Thanks to everybody that hopped in on the live stream. Much appreciate the interaction here on Got Your Back. We'll drop a podcast after the Bruins game. That is set to go on Wednesday night. Keep an eye out for my Got Your Back NHL pod on Wednesday morning with Pierre Lebrun. You know, there'll be tons of trade talk on that one as well. And we will drop that here on the local feed as a bonus episode as well. Had you been better tonight, Struds, I might have invited you to join us on Wednesday morning. Morning. <laughs> I was pretty good. About a 92 out of uh, a minus. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Big thanks to Sherwood Buick GMC as always. Cheers.